0: CHAPTER X OF THE STORY OF EDISON AND THE WONDERS OF ELECTRICITY BY FRANK Mundell. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN THE TELEPHONE Now let us glance at the telephone, which is an instrument for sending sounds a long distance by means of electricity. Edison did not invent this instrument but here also he showed his ingenuity by his improvements. He also constructed the microphone, which has the power of magnifying sounds in the process of transmission. This is used in connection with the telephone. The megaphone, which Edison invented, brings distant sounds within hearing without the use of wires two funnels thirty inches wide at the outer end and narrowing to a small hole to which tubes are attached for the ears are used persons several miles apart are able to converse with each other by these means the aerophone also invented by edison magnifies the ordinary tones of speech two hundred times and projects the sound to a considerable distance the slightest whisper is roared out in such a manner that it can be heard all over the neighbourhood so far the megaphone and the aerophone have not been used in any practical way the telephone however like the telegraph has met with ready acceptance And is now used almost everywhere. It is beyond all question one of the greatest time savers ever invented without leaving their houses or places of business. Two persons who are hundreds of miles apart may hold a conversation with each other with the greatest ease, nor are they required to employ anyone to assist in any way. They have only to speak and listen. The telephone has found its way very largely into all the countries of Europe and all parts of North America. Many of the chief towns in England are connected with London, and London is connected with Paris. In the United States, there are lines over a thousand miles in length and conversations are carried on over this enormous distance so far then the inventions of edison in connection with the telegraph and the telephone relate rather to improvements in appliances and apparatus and the perfecting of those already in use than to the first conception of the original idea the different purposes to which these two instruments are applied may be briefly stated thus the telegraph or far writer carries messages along wires and records them by means of symbols and the telephone or far sounder carries messages along wires and makes them heard at a distance in the telephone the twin sister of the telegraph, Edison has made so many improvements and invented so many devices that it is impossible even to mention them all. Such names as the water telephone, the chemical telephone, and the mercury telephone suggest some of the means by which varied results have been obtained those who live in towns know how easy and how simply the telephone is now worked for the comfort and convenience of the public a man may remain in his own house and without using writing materials or employing a messenger give all necessary instructions for the conduct of his business or answer any question as quickly and as easily as if he were in his office in his office he may at once speak to his wife at home or to any of the people with whom he does business a gentleman was recently sitting in his office more than one hundred miles from london suddenly the bell of his telephone rung calling his attention to the fact THAT SOMEONE WISHED TO SPEAK TO HIM. HE AT ONCE REPLIED, AND WAS INFORMED BY HIS LONDON AGENT THAT A LARGE BUYER FROM SOUTH AMERICA HAD JUST CALLED, AND THAT IT WAS OF THE UTMOST IMPORTANCE THAT HE SHOULD SEE HIM THAT VERY DAY. THE QUESTION THAT HIS AGENT ASKED WAS, CAN YOU COME TO LONDON TODAY? It was eleven o'clock in the morning when he received the message, and at half-past he was in the express for the metropolis. But you may say that the telegraph could have been employed as effectually in this case as the telephone. It could so far as delivering the message from London. But note what happened between eleven and half-past. First of all, the gentleman was able to reply to his agent as quickly as if they had only been standing a yard apart. He was able, by asking one or two questions, to satisfy himself that his presence in London could not well be dispensed with, and as the man who wished to see him was then with his agent, an appointment was made for that very afternoon this done the gentleman rung up that is called the attention of a cab office to send a cab to take him to the station then he rung up his own house to inform his family that he was going to london by the next train and asked one of them to meet him at the station with a rug and overcoat after that he rung up a merchant in the town with whom he had an engagement, and informed him of his sudden call to London. From another person he obtained information which he knew that he should require on his arrival. Then he rung up the hotel in the city, where he usually stayed, to secure a bed for the night. All this was done in a few minutes, without leaving the room, without sending out a single messenger, and at little more than the cost of the shortest telegram. The only extra charge that he would be called on to pay would be for the message to the London Hotel. All the messages in his own town were included in the yearly rent he paid for the telephone, and the reply he sent to his agent was included in the charge paid by the agent at the London end. Even supposing the cost of the telephone messages to be more than the telegrams, they would have to be very great to be worth more than the time of a busy man, and in this instance the visit to London affected business transactions of thousands of pounds. The chief objection to the telegraph is the time lost in getting a reply, and this is often considerable when messages have to be carried any distance to and from the telegraph office. Sermons and other addresses, also concerts and operas, can be enjoyed by means of the telephone without leaving home a public speaker or singer may in this way address or sing to an unseen audience scattered over a wide district and his voice may be heard at the same time by persons many miles apart in america there are telephones arranged on the put a penny in the slot principle a coin is inserted which sets a clockwork apparatus in motion that connects the telephone. It then remains open for a given time to allow a conversation to take place. When the time has expired, the clockwork cuts off the communication and another coin is needed to restart the machinery and renew the conversation. The same plan is adopted in Paris, by what is called the theatrophone company. On inserting a coin, a person is put in communication with a theatre or concert for a given time. On paying a certain fixed sum, persons are allowed to hear the whole performance. Telephonic communication may be established under water as well as over land some of our light ships are now connected with lifeboat stations in this way recently a lifeboat was summoned to assist a stranded vessel before the boat was launched a second message arrived saying that the craft had got off into deep water this saved the hardy crew a night's needless exposure those who have not had the pleasure of holding a conversation by means of the telephone often ask if it is possible to recognize the voice of the speaker certainly as the following incident will show a gentleman who lived out of town one day lost his dog when he was in the city and had to return home without him a short time after his arrival he was informed by the telephone that the dog had turned up at a friend's office where he had called that day keep jack said the gentleman till i come to-morrow the dog was standing by the city friend during the conversation and hearing his name uttered in his master's voice began to wag his tail and look about for the speaker he then sat down and could scarcely be persuaded to stir from the spot as if he were expecting his master to step out of the telephone how far can the voice be carried by means of the telephone is also a very interesting question the distance depends upon the nature of the conductor and the perfection of the electric current which passes over it given all the conditions required we may say that there would be no limit to the distance over which a telephone would be workable in the first place there is no such thing as an absolutely perfect conductor which offers no resistance to the passage of electricity and the greater the distance the feebler the current becomes then again there is no such thing as a perfect non-conductor no matter what materials are used some of the electricity escapes by the way induction is also another serious barrier to telephonic communication over long distances that is all electric currents are more or less influenced by the currents which are passing over other wires near them in this country there are so many wires for the telephone the telegraph and the electric light that induction takes place to a very considerable extent. So far, the greatest distance over which conversation has been carried on by means of iron wires is two hundred and fifty miles, and by a compound wire of steel and copper, a little over one thousand miles. End of chapter 10